you're back. And I'm back. On Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Now more than ever, your daily journal of news, politics, and culture. From an America First perspective. Streaming live on iHeartRadio and available as a podcast on all your favorite podcast directories. iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, Spotify, Stitcher. And you can follow me on Twitter at Right Now Jim Dawes. I'd love to hear from you. You can shoot me an email. The address is rightnowjimdaws at gmail.com. Or you can get something off your chest by calling our event line at 772-245-0750. Leave your questions or comments or rants there, and we might use them on the broadcast. That number again is 772-245-0750. Well, i got to start by uh, begging your pardon um, for all of the best of shows last week uh the lovely liz and i made our way out to colorado to visit our daughter who has recently graduated and moved out there to take a job uh we spent some time up in the rocky mountains and had a great time and i had set up a remote operation where i was going to post new shows from the road and i was able to uh, produce new content on monday uh then by tuesday it was time for me to head back and i was uh, driving my daughter's old truck that uh, she had taken off to college, she got something new, and I'd, I was going to drive her old truck back here to the Treasure Coast of Florida and came down with the stomach flu. So what had intended to be a two-day journey where I was going to uh, post best of shows uh, turned into the rest of the week. If you've ever had the stomach flu, you know what I'm talking about. And um, I was in no uh, condition to post any shows from the road, and by the time I got back, I was in no condition to post any shows at all, so I apologize for that. Uh, We're going to be on the air all this week, except for Christmas Day, uh, trying to catch up on uh, lost ground while the swamp creatures are out of Washington. We'll uh, we'll bring you up to date uh, with the the best takes on this impeachment and uh, what to expect in the new year. So it wasn't enough that Nancy Pelosi and the radical Democrats – put this pall over Christmas by this sham impeachment, the first impeachment in history that was done on a party-line vote, a partisan impeachment, the the very thing that our founders warned of and feared, Nancy Pelosi has now delivered to them. But that wasn't enough that uh, she's going to hang this over everybody's heads right here at Christmas. She announced on her way out of town that she's going to withhold the articles of impeachment from the Senate until Mitch McConnell allows her to dictate terms of the trial. (laughs) Here is a clip with her um, raising this specter. Do you run the risk, as some Republicans have said, of looking like you're playing games with impeachment if you hold on to these articles for too long? I said what I was going to say, Nancy. We are, we have, have, when we bring the bill, which is, just so you know, there's a bill made in order by the Rules Committee that we can call up at any time in order to send it over to the Senate and to have the provisions in there to pay for the for the impeachment. And then the next step. The, uh, oh, God. <laughs> well, first of all, I mean, you, you got to worry that this woman is in charge of one house of Congress and is trying to engineer this coup when she can't seem to formulate a sentence. 
But uh, the truth of the matter is there's nothing whatsoever uh, that requires Mitch McConnell to wait for the House to go ahead and schedule this. He, he's perfectly free to go ahead and schedule a trial. And then if the Democrats don't show up with their managers, he's perfectly free to declare a default acquittal on behalf of the president. Actually, Mitch McConnell's not worried about it at all. Meanwhile, other House Democrats seem to be suggesting they'd prefer never to transmit the articles. Not with me. And the Speaker of the House herself has been unclear on this. Her message has been somewhat muddled. So here's where we are, Mr. President. We have the curious situation where following House Democrats' rush to impeachment, following weeks of pronouncements about the urgency of the situation, urgent situation, the prosecutors appear to have developed cold feet. The House Democrat prosecution seems to have gotten cold feet and to be unsure of whether they even want to proceed to the trial. Well, it's understandable why the Democrats want to dictate the terms of the trial, because uh, these these impeachment articles contain no crime. There's no crime, no high crime, no low crime, no high misdemeanor, no low misdemeanor, no crime. And the the first thing that Mitch McConnell is going to do is say, we're going to conduct this trial in the Senate in accordance with federal uh, uh, court procedure which will knock out all of the Democrats' testimony, which is all hearsay, rumor, and innuendo. There's only one witness that they call that has any direct firsthand information of any of the things that went on here, and that was Gordon Sondland, who said that he was operating on a presumption, case dismissed. But what Nancy Pelosi has done, she knows she has a weekend. She knows this impeachment is a sham. She's trying to squeeze it for all the political damage that she can do to this president to try to prevent his reelection by holding these articles of impeachment over his head because she knows once they're taken to trial they're going to be exposed it's totally bogus and it's funny uh this noah feldman guy this this uh this fay looking um harvard law scholar who completely uh clowned himself at nadler's House Judiciary Committee, uh, wrote an op-ed in Bloomberg saying that, uh, well, Trump isn't impeached until Nancy Pelosi says he's impeached and transmits these articles over to the Senate. Now, a a lot of Republicans jumped on this and said, oh, Trump wasn't impeached, Trump wasn't impeached, as if that was a a good or honest op-ed that Feldman wrote. It was nothing of the sort. It was designed to empower Nancy Pelosi to withhold these articles of impeachment to the strategic time or just hold them over Trump's head throughout the election season. Jonathan Turley, uh, who is an actual scholar who doesn't shape his opinions to align with his resistance ideology, uh, wrote an op-ed in response calling Feldman's opinions BS. That, he actually printed in his column the, the five short paragraphs contained in the Constitution that mention impeachment, and nowhere does it say that the Senate is required to wait or give control over the timing to the House. 
Mitch is perfectly within his rights to go ahead and schedule this trial, and I think he should do so shortly after returning from the the uh, Christmas break on January 7th. Boy, these politicians get a lot of time off. And uh, if the Democrats don't show up with their managers to press their case, then he can just uh, move forward with the trial or declare it a, a default acquittal. That's exactly what should happen. If they're too embarrassed by their case to make it, well, then the president wins by default. They should, uh, the Republicans should not fall for this Feldman uh, gambit. There's nothing that requires the Senate to wait. These uh, articles of impeachment should be disposed of post-haste. The Democrats want a sword to hang over Trump's head. The Republicans should play nothing of it. We were told that this was a national crisis, that we couldn't wait, that uh, Trump was an existential threat to the nation because he was so dishonest. Now they want to take their time. I got a clip here of Stephen Miller. They're uh, they're going after Stephen Miller. They want to try to, you know, they know that uh, Stephen Miller is one of the most uh, effective members of this administration. So they're they're uh, training their fire on him, trying to claim that he's a white nationalist and has to be fired. He's not a white nationalist. He's an American nationalist. That's why they hate him. But he was appearing on Fox Business with Trish Regan and uh, and sort of summarized the attacks on him, the motivations, and uh, put in context this whole impeachment. And Kamala Harris is now out writing a letter signed by 26 of her fellow senators in which she writes, what is driving Mr. Miller is not national security, you know, as it pertains to the border, et cetera. It is white supremacy. Have you talked about this with the president? Have you talked about these hits that are coming at you? With him. The, the, the president is too busy running the country to waste his time with this drivel coming from the, the same lunatics who've been uh, launching a three-year campaign of lies, hoaxes, and scams against the president. I mean, let's be very clear. We have seen this week the Democratic Party in Washington take our Constitution, set it ablaze, and use it as kindling to burn a bonfire. That's the Democratic Party of today. The Democratic Party of today endorses the FBI and FBI leadership spying on political campaigns like we're in some sort of banana republic and conducting espionage and surveillance against uh, against individuals associated with that campaign and fabricating and concealing evidence, hiding exculpatory information to a FISA court, all to interfere in our elections. The Democratic Party is okay with Hillary Clinton and the DNC purchasing from a foreign spy disinformation to throw our country into turmoil. That's the Democratic Party of today. And that's exactly what they did. We now know that the Steele dossier was entirely sourced from a, uh, a a single Russian. He's called the subsource, a nice euphemism for Russian disinformation that Hillary Clinton paid for, that was packaged up and injected through the CIA and the FBI into our political bloodstream and has caused all this damage. It was a the whole appointment of Robert Mueller was a cover up to hide the wrongdoing of the Democrats and Hillary Clinton, the CIA and the FBI, they brought in a former FBI director to, to, uh, try to hamstring 
this administration from the beginning. And now they're engaged in this sham impeachment. Once again, a cover-up operation to try to hide Democrat wrongdoing in the Ukraine by Hillary Clinton, um, Joe Biden, John Kerry, and a whole bunch of others, George Soros. It's really, really quite amazing where we have uh, come to. There needs to be a skilled Republican documentary maker put this out, uh, uh, put all of this in context so the American people can see it and digest it and know exactly what's going on as we go into this election season. We've got to run out to a break. Stick with us, and we'll cover um, the Democrats' debate and a lot of other topics when we come back. Mojo. As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID-19 testing from Quest. Get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get the results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 20 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com. So the Democrats told us that uh, Donald Trump is such a threat to the republic that we have to impeach him right here at Christmas, put a cloud over everybody's Christmas. And now, if as if that wasn't enough, she says she's going to hold on to these articles of impeachment until Mitch McConnell agrees to her terms for the trial. Well, you know, if the Democrats in the House... These leftist, radical Democrats are going to subvert the Constitution by using this impeachment as a political weapon, the very thing that our founders feared most. Mitch McConnell over the Senate should go ahead and set a date for the trial, and if the House doesn't show up, just issue a a default acquittal, and we can all move on. The left destroys everything they touch. They will destroy the Constitution. They will destroy this nation if they're allowed to do so. They've done their best to muck up Christmas. Now they want to muck up another election like they did the last one. Devin Nunes was appearing on Tucker's show and had this to say about this, as he calls it, a bizarre impeachment coup. I described it on the floor tonight as this is how you make a coup attempt extremely boring because there are no crimes here. There's nothing. Uh, I heard uh, Don Young tonight. He's the longest-serving member yep. in Congress right now. Yep. He said that he's participated in three impeachments. He said this is the first fake impeachment he's been involved in. And I think that really sums it up. And it's, it's really the, the first party-line impeachment in American history, it, 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 I, I think. I mean, has, has there ever been an attempt like this that is purely partisan? Well, it's not only that. It's, there hasn't been, right? So that's, that's obvious. But also, the way this was all orchestrated, right? So on the, the day after the Mueller flameout, you then have this whistleblower that comes forward, meets with Adam Schiff's staff, according to Adam Schiff. Uh, we still haven't got to the bottom of that. Uh, clearly, the whistleblower's complaint didn't match what the 
actual phone call. Uh, we were told that we were going to meet this whistleblower. We had to hear from the whistleblower, and then all of a sudden the whistleblower is gone. And anybody who attempts to get to the whistleblower is, you know, trying to do something nefarious. Uh, and then they turn this into something crazy, trying to accuse Republicans of denying that Russians actually do interfere in our elections, and that we were somehow making up a conspiracy theory that the Democrats themselves were over in Ukraine and working with Ukrainians to get dirt on the Trump campaign. When it's that's just those are just the facts. So the idea that they would turn this into an impeachment coup is uh, rather bizarre. Rather bizarre indeed. Uh, the the same um, lunacy that you saw uh, coming from the Democrat candidates at their debate last week has taken hold, taken over the entire Democrat Party. These radical leftists have taken over the Democrat Party. They are driving that train now. And they will drive uh, this country right off a cliff if we allow them. So she's going to withhold these articles of impeachment. Um, I, uh, I, I advocate for Trump moving forward along with, uh, or with uh, Mitch McConnell moving forward, just like uh, Jonathan Turley says. But Robert Ray, who was uh, one of the special prosecutors in the last impeachment, said that uh, if the if the Democrats don't want to press their case, if they don't want to stand behind this sham of an impeachment, that the next Congress is perfectly within its rights to expunge the record and declare that Donald Trump never was impeached. And just to be clear, we're talking about Andrew Jackson, not to be confused with Andrew Johnson, who was the... Oh, did I say Johnson? Yes, excuse me, No, no, me, no you didn't, Thank but you. I think for the Thank viewers, you, it, it gets to be confusing. Anyway, yes, yes. Andrew uh, Jackson was actually censured, and I, I would assume that it probably would take the action of both bodies. But yes, if the, uh, if the House turned Republican, uh, the, there could be a resolution to expunge the impeachment. It would go over to the Senate like any other resolution. And if it passed with a simple majority, uh, yes, I believe that, the, uh, that that would be the power of, of the legislative branch to remove a- and expunge any taint that arises as a result of this entirely partisan House effort to impeach President Trump. That is a beautiful idea and exactly what should happen. You know, one of the reasons that the Democrats put all of this forward is they wanted to leave a stain on the Trump presidency. If you ever thought that we were going to elect an outsider and that he was going to go in and drain the swamp and overturn this two-party establishment gravy train that they've been riding for... Oh, for 40 years now, you were mistaken. They they were going to impeach Trump the day he came into office, and now they've done it. But if the Republicans, and, and Trump now has, has taken over the Republican Party, he, he ran as an outsider. He wasn't, in fact, a Republican when he ran on the Republican ticket. But now he has molded the Republican Party uh, into a, uh, a populist, nationalist, pro-worker party, if he is able to get reelected, which I'm confident that he will, hold on to the Senate and retake the House, then they can, by a simple majority, expunge this bogus impeachment that the Democrats have put together, and I believe they should. So we're learning more about uh, this uh, from this IG report about the Steele dossier. And while the Democrats are claiming that it's the uh, that's Donald Trump and the Republicans who have gone soft on the Russians and are not concerned with Russian interference in our election. It was, in fact, like many other things, the Democrats 
are guilty of exactly what they're accusing you of. This Steele dossier was sourced entirely from one so-called subsource. A subsource is a euphemism in this case for Russian disinformation. Steele had one Russian dictating this uh, this catalog of memos of uh, misinformation that was injected into the campaign and the uh, political bloodstream of our nation. And when the FBI went and interviewed this so-called subsource, the subsource said, first of all, Steele misquoted him in the in the uh, dossier, and second, that none of the information that he provided to Steele had ever been verified, that it was a lot of uh, secondhand information, thirdhand information, gossip, bar talk. It was just a, a, a hit piece that was assembled by a foreign operative being paid for by the Democrats and Hillary Clinton. It was then taken up by James Comey and John Brennan at the FBI and the CIA and used to cripple uh, this administration, despite the fact that this administration has accomplished much during its first first term. And they appointed Mueller to cover it all up, just like they're pursuing this impeachment to cover up the Democrat wrongdoing in the Ukraine. Well, last week, finally... The FISA court came out and and had something to say about their uh, being lied to and used by the Democrats. Uh, The chief FISA judge, her name is Rosemary Collier, wrote a letter to the FBI and said, I want you to uh, tell me how you're going to keep this from happening, happening again, and I want you to go back and verify that all of the information you've provided the FISA court to date has been accurate. Christopher Ray over the FBI wrote back that uh, they may or may not do that. And then Judge Collier promptly announced that she's about to step down. So, you know, the FISA court, after sitting on their hands, after after being lied to and and, uh, and manipulated, sitting on their hands while all, the, all of this played out, they write this uh, rather tepid letter over to the FBI. The FBI, you know, says they may or may not comply. And then Rosemary decides she's going to retire. <laughs> this uh, this FISA court was a terrible idea to begin with. And it has certainly been uh, weaponized by the Democrats, just like they, they do everything else. Let's see if we've got time for this clip. Uh, we got John Solomon saying somebody's got to be held account for all this. You know, I, I, I sat back after reading the IG report for the third time this week, and I just thought about something. On January 4th, 2017, the FBI knew the Steele dossier was bunk when they interviewed its source who disowned all the information yeah. on that. Two and a half years of pain and suffering for Carter Page being falsely portrayed as a Russian stooge when he was a CIA asset. Donald Trump's presidency being uh, held hostage by a false uh, investigation. All of that could have been prevented if the American public knew what the FBI knew in real time. It is shameful that it left all of us in the dark for two and a half years to suffer through this sad chapter. And someone, many people, should be held accountable for that misconduct. 
held accountable indeed, and I, I'm talking about jail time. James Comey and John Brennan should not be allowed to get away with it. They've got they've got to be tried for abusing their office. we got to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to take a, a recap of last week's Democrat debate and a lot of other news. Stick with us. We'll be right back right here on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. This episode is sponsored by schwans.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes. Right here on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. A daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America first perspective. So anytime that old Joe Biden's asked about Ukraine or his sons taking millions and millions of dollars from corruption over there or his involvement in it, getting the Ukrainian prosecutor that was looking into his company and his son fired, Biden's response is, it's all been debunked. Nobody has ever made any accusations that all of this has been looked at and there's nothing to it. All of that was uh, false to begin with. But uh, Rudy Giuliani, not being bullied or cowed by the Southern District of New York or the Democrats' threats to put him in jail, went over to the Ukraine and investigated and interviewed uh, the two prosecutors, the first one that Joe Biden got fired and the second one that replaced him that uh, was also subsequently fired when he continued to investigate Burisma and Hunter Biden. And, uh, and apparently all of this hasn't been debunked. You got two former prosecutors from Ukraine, both of which say they were fired because they refused to drop the cases against Burisma and Hunter Biden on tape with sworn affidavits. Does that sound like it's been debunked? Here's Rudy appearing with uh, Chanel Rion and One America News Network. Vice President Poroshenko, Poroshenko showing up in Shokin's office and saying, Biden's putting pressure on me. You can't go forward with Burisma. Can you slow it down? And all of a sudden, Shokin gets this communique from Latvia that shows a $16 million laundering transaction, classic laundering transaction. It goes from Ukraine to Latvia 
It's disguised as a loan to another company, WireLogic, I believe. It then goes to uh, Cyprus, gets disguised as another loan. This is called Digitech. And then it's dispersed as payment of board fees. Now, you don't make two loans to pay board fees unless you're laundering the money. $3 million gets to Hunter Biden that way. That is a straight-out violation of a money laundering statute. The document referred here is an official letter dated February 2016 from the Prosecutor's Office of the Republic of Latvia, Money Laundering Investigations Division. The letter states, quote, According to publicly available information, Burisma Holding Limited and its director, Hunter Biden, are involved in a corruption affair, end quote. Latvia traced 14.7 million U.S. dollars between 2012 and 2015. The funds were transferred back to Burisma to the accounts of Devin Archer and Hunter Biden. When America asked Shokin if he recognized the document, he said he did, and that there were more such inquiries that made it impossible for him to justify simply shutting down the Burisma cases. One American News also verified on camera what Shokin had stated in a stunning 12-page sworn affidavit to announce court. Quote, President Poroshenko asked me to resign due to pressure from the U.S. presidential administration, in particular from Joe Biden, who was the U.S. vice president. Biden was threatening to withhold one billion U.S. dollars in U.S. subsidies to Ukraine until I was removed from office. Shokin goes on, quote, I was forced out because I was leading a wide ranging corruption probe into Burisma. Joe Biden's son was on the board of directors. I refused to close this investigation. Therefore, I was forced to leave under direct and intense pressure from Joe Biden and the U.S. administration. Now, keep in mind that, that uh, Burisma brought Hunter Biden onto its board and paid him $3 million, along with Devin Archer, a former protege of John Kerry, who was the Secretary of State when the U.S. engineered a coup to overturn the democratically elected government in Ukraine. Now this is uh, this is corruption and uh, and graft on a massive level. We don't know how many of these Democrat and probably Republican politicians. I'm looking at you, John McCain and Lindsey Graham, may have had their nose in the snout along or their, their snout in the uh, the trough along with Hunter Biden and Devin Archer. But if you want to know why we're being drugged through this uh, sham impeachment, there's your answer right there. Oh, and by the way, guess which nation accounted for the most donations to Hillary Clinton's so-called foundation, which was really just a political slush fund? That nation was Ukraine. The second poorest nation in Europe was responsible for the most millions of dollars flowing in to the Clinton's slush funds. And guess who? Uh, guess, guess who's never been to the Ukraine, although he received three million dollars in order to try to shield Burisma from from investigation. That's right, Hunter Biden. He was hired on this Ukrainian gas company, paid three million dollars. He never even traveled there. So the Democrats have put together this sham impeachment in order to try to put uh, Trump back on the defensive and take away the attention from the actual corruption and the interference in the 2016 election that uh, that came out of the Ukraine. And we're we're supposed to believe this has all been debunked. You don't see any investigation by any of the big 
network news organizations or the New York Times or the Washington Post, despite the fact you have sworn statements, not from people on the street, not from people tangentially involved in all this, but from the actual prosecutors over there in the Ukraine. Can you just imagine if one of Trump's kids had been involved in this sort of graft and corruption? Can you imagine if one of Trump's kids were as unethical and immoral as Hunter Biden? It would be headline news. It would lead off the the nightly newscast. It would be front page headlines. And I'm starting to suspect that the reason that Lindsey Graham took over the Senate Judiciary Committee and is dragging his feet and not looking into any of this is because he and McCain were also deeply involved in overturning the Ukrainian government, along with Biden and Kerry. And there were billions and billions of U.S. taxpayer uh, dollars and IMF funds sloshing around over there in the Ukraine. We've been shown firsthand all of the uh, the waste, fraud, and abuse that took place over in Afghanistan and Iraq, and I believe that uh, uh, that Ukraine is probably just another example of that. Well, the Democrats had their, uh, I think it's their seventh debate now, if you count all of the early ones when they had to have two debates to get all the clown, clowns on the stage and this one was hosted by PBS. And if you've watched PBS recently, you know that it is just another one of these Democrat propaganda shows that has bought into all of this Russiagate hoax and covering up the Spygate scandal. So taxpayer-funded shows are now actually feeding the American taxpayer disinformation on PBS along with NPR. And this one, this debate was hosted by PBS along with Politico, also a, um, a, a reliable Democrat mouthpiece. You know, when, uh, when we get to the debates in the general election, Donald Trump should absolutely insist that only one American news can host these debates because they have shown themselves to be the only ones that are interested in exposing the other side. This debate, uh, I guess it was on Wednesday was the lowest rated presidential debate, uh, of the season, probably maybe ever. They got less than 4 million viewers. And it's kind of a shame because, that America uh, wasn't watching because it was an absolute dumpster fire. It's hard to believe some of the positions that these Democrat candidates were taking. Pete Buttigieg, the mayor of a, a mid-sized Midwestern city, 37 years old, who's leading in the polls in Iowa, is proposing reparations for illegal aliens. So it's not enough that the American taxpayer has to food, feed, house, and clothe, clothe these illegals that are crashing our border. Pete Buttigieg proposes this. 
You said last month that the U.S. owes compensation to children separated from their families at the southern border. Are you committing, as president, to financial compensation for those thousands of children? Yes, and they should have a fast track to citizenship. We have a moral obligation to make right what was broken. We have a moral obligation to pay reparations and get fast-track citizenship to people who were caught trying to sneak into the country. Oh, well, Jim, they were they were put in cages, though. No, they weren't put in cages. They were put in holding pens to separate them from people who we didn't even know uh, their relationship to the children. Then they were placed with relatives or in foster care or in group homes, just exactly the same as American kids whose parents are arrested are treated. Are we going to pay reparations to the children of American citizens who are arrested and separated from their parents? No, but Pete Buttigieg says we must. We have a moral obligation to pay reparations to people trying to sneak into the country. Well, well, Elizabeth Warren is not going to have Pete Buttigieg out crazy her. So she, uh, she made a proposal that she's going to basically turn the White House into a worship service for the LGBTQIA community. The transgender community has been marginalized in every way possible. And one thing that the President of the United States can do is lift up attention, lift up their voices, lift up their lives. Here's a promise I make. I will go to the Rose Garden once every year to read the names of transgender women, of people of color who have been killed in the past year. I will make sure that we read their names so that as a nation, we are forced to address the particular vulnerability on homelessness. I will change the rules now that put people in prison based on their birth sex identification. What? Oh my God. So I guess we have to deal with these things one at a time. So first of all, she's going to, she's saying that she's going to, uh, it's not enough that certain people are going to receive special protections based on their sexual preference or their skin color. Now we're going to highlight the victims of crime, uh, that fit into these, uh, these special Democrat protected classes. So the murders that happen to everyday people that are going about their lives, trying to raise family, pay their taxes, and make this economy work, they're going to be put as a second class of victims. And we've got to celebrate and highlight these victims that fit into the Democrat narrative, but not to, you know, let that sink in too much. Old Lizzie turns right around and says this change the rules now that put people in prison based on their birth sex identification rather than their current identification i will do everything i can to make sure that we are in america that leaves no one so behind. what Thank she's you. saying right there is she's going to allow men who are in prison to declare that they they are now identifying as women and get transferred over to the women's prison I mean, you can't make this stuff up. A lot of these men that are in prison are there for sexual crimes or crimes against women. And if they 
declare, you know, they grow their hair long and they, they put on makeup that they are now women, then they get to go be in the women's prison, which first of all, are much better conditions. At least now they are. And second of all, give them access to the victims that, uh, the people that they victimized and for the reason they're being incarcerated at the time, it's, it's hard to, for a normal person to articulate these thoughts because they are so lunatic. Joe Biden saw all of this and he had to jump in. He, he promised that, uh, he was going to sacrifice our best paying jobs in the energy sector. Those are, are our best paying jobs in this economy in order to worship at the altar of the Green New Deal. Three consecutive American presidents have enjoyed stints of explosive economic growth due to a boom in oil and natural gas production. As president, would you be willing to sacrifice some of that growth, even knowing potentially that it could displace thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of blue-collar workers in the interest of transitioning to that greener economy? The answer is yes. The answer is yes, because the opportunity... The opportunity for those workers to transition to high-paying jobs, as Tom said, is real. When have you heard that line before? Remember when they were going to allow the coal miners in uh, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, other big coal mining? They were going to they were going to transition them uh, into the new economy. They were going to teach them how to code. Of course, that never happened. They put those jobs out of business. They never followed up on uh, retraining. Because every time you retrain somebody uh, in this globalist economy, the globalists turn around and, and offshore those jobs as well. But after the debate, uh, everybody declared that Joe Biden won by keeping his mouth shut. He had uh, very little to say during the debate except for promising to, to destroy good blue-collar jobs, so-called lunch bucket Joe promising to destroy good blue-collar union jobs. They say he won basically because he <laughs> he said so little. One of the things he did say after the debate was that he uh, he sort of committed to appointing as a vice president a woman of color, and everybody's looking over there at Stacey Abrams, the woman who claims that she is the rightful governor of the state of Georgia. I oh God, please. Let the Democrat ticket be Joe Biden and Stacey Abrams. That would be, I, I, I think Trump would handily defeat any of these Democrat candidates, but the sheer entertainment value of mumbling, stumbling, crooked Joe Biden heading the Democrat ticket with Stacey Abrams, I guess she would uh, she would be the, the ideal candidate to carry for their their um, voter fraud hoax to the uh, to the Democrat electorate, but she is uh, she, she, putting her on the presidential ticket would uh, would be very entertaining. The Democrats are turning over to Pete Buttigieg. They're say they're saying, despite the fact that he's uh, promising reparations for illegals and fast track the citizenship, that he is the moderate in the Democrat field. He also wants to destroy energy sector jobs. 
But, um, I mean, the Democrats have basically lost the thread on how to win elections because there's no way in hell that Pete Buttigieg is going to be the Democrat nominee. They may not like it. They may think it's unfair. But the black um, cons- uh, voters in the Democrat Party who make up a key part of their coalition are never going to vote for a gay presidential candidate. And if they are stupid enough to nominate Pete Buttigieg, they will, by default, doom this candidate and uh, inf- and uh, send more of these black voters over to the Trump side because they will have demonstrated that they uh, they no longer respect uh, you know their just like they threw over the labor vote. The Democrats are busy throwing over uh, their black constituents as well. For her part, Amy Klobuchar declared that she is going to appoint judges very similar to Ruth Bader Ginsburg to the Supreme Court if she's elected. And these uh, these crazy ideas come so hot and heavy that you can't keep keep up with them all. But Ruth Bader Ginsburg was the former executive director for the ACLU. How she ever got confirmed to the Supreme Court is uh, is a head scratcher, but she is uh, she is a far left radical that uh, somehow made her way onto the court. She is um, she is profoundly anti law enforcement and anti police. And while I'm on that topic, I want to play this clip for you here. This is Bill Barr. He was appearing on Fox News with Martha McCallum. And he was talking about these uh, district attorney races in big cities across the country that George Soros has involved himself in and how they are destroying law and order in these Democrat-controlled cities. Well, uh, there's been this recent development where uh, George Soros has been coming in largely in Democratic primaries where they're not going to be much voter turnout and putting in a lot of money to elect people who are uh, not very supportive of law enforcement and uh, don't view the office as uh, bringing to trial and prosecuting uh, criminals, but but pursuing other social agendas. And they have started to win in a number of cities and they have, uh, in my view, not given the proper support to the police uh, and uh, they're, they're following policies that are ultimately going to lead uh, to an increase in violent crime and more victims. Well, it's not ultimately. It's, it's happening right now in, in, uh, Pitt, in uh, Philadelphia, in Oakland, in Dallas, in Dallas, Texas. The Soros-backed district attorney that won out there announced promptly that he is no longer going to prosecute property crimes for theft left less than $750. So now the criminals out there know that they're free to uh, go into retail stores and steal to their heart's content. They're actually bringing in calculators with them to make sure that they don't go over the $750 limit so they know they won't be prosecuted. And it's happening, it, I think Soros selected five or six of these left-wing district attorneys in Virginia. 
you know, once you realize that the Democrat Party has been taking o- taken over by Marxists and that they're determined to destroy this nation, everything they do suddenly makes sense. doesn't make sense otherwise until you realize that the notions that you were raised with, that there were we lived in a two-party system, both parties had different ideas on the best way to govern, but they were both in the interest of America and American people. But once you realize that those days have passed and the Democrats are now actively engaged in trying to turn America into the next Venezuela, then it all makes sense. Yeah, uh, you know, I was accused of suggesting that the police are going to withdraw their protection. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is most police forces in the country have high number of vacancies. And as the job gets higher and as police feel that the prosecutors or their political leaders in the jurisdiction are not supporting them, they either can stop being police or they can move to a jurisdiction that's more hospitable. And I think that, uh, you know, we could find ourselves in the position that if we don't, communities that aren't supporting the police, may not get the the police protection they need. You know, I was a a firefighter in Atlanta. That's uh, where I uh, did my career. And uh, every week we would have to go to these neighborhood meetings and brief the the neighborhood on uh, government government, uh, issues with regard to those, uh, those neighborhoods. They were called neighborhood planning units. So the fire department and the police department would show up and brief the citizens, and I can tell you that the citizens of these inner cities, like Atlanta, are very concerned about law enforcement. They are not these radical um, Black Lives Matter types that you see on TV decrying the police. They want police protection. They want active police involvement in their communities. They want the police to keep the criminals at bay. And George Soros is going right into these very same Democrat cities and destroying law enforcement because the DAs are not prosecuting these crimes that the police are presenting to to them. And it is resulting, predictably, in a, a, a spike in crime. And we know what George Soros is about. George Soros is about sowing chaos and bringing down governments because he is a a currency speculator. He makes money off of chaos and volatility. And I guarantee you that he's got some strategy that the worse off it becomes in America, the more he profits financially. Well, there was some disappointing news from the Trump administration. Uh, Donald Trump, you know, facing a um, re-election campaign and knowing that he needs to shore up uh, the economy in the short term has agreed to a so-called trade deal with China. First of all, we should not be trading with a communist nation that engages in such oppression and persecution as the uh, communist Chinese government. But this deal, the so-called deal that he put together, really doesn't reform any of the uh, the trade deals with regard to manufacturing. He got some promises from the Chinese that they were going to increase their purchases of uh, agricultural products and that at some point that they would uh, they would try to improve their treatment of American companies and um, and really wasn't much more to it than that. He just sort of kicked the can down the road. I know that the Trump administration means well. They may have been looking at the calendar and realizing that uh, 
first and foremost, they have to be reelected if they're going to implement any of these policies. And they did not want China to be in a position uh, to, you know, do damage to our economy in the short term. But this China trade deal basically, as it's currently constituted at least, turns the United States into a food colony for China. Food uh, agriculture is uh, not a very high-value-added commodity, but uh, the Chinese, Chinese have to eat, and they were going to buy their agriculture from someone anyway, so they got what they wanted. And there wasn't much else in it for the United States other than putting a pause on uh, on these tariffs in the short term. This is a triumph of Steve Mnuchin and Larry Kudlow over Robert Lighthizer and uh, and Navarro and these other economic patriots that uh, Trump has in his cabinet. We should entirely decouple our economy from China, and we should encourage uh, the free world to do the same. There was a, a, a development this week. Probably you knew last week that at the Army-Navy game, which happened, I guess, last Saturday, that uh, some of the cadets were uh, filmed making a, a, a circle and holding it below their belt, and they were accused almost immediately by the social justice warriors of flashing a white nationalist sign because they never miss an opportunity to try to vilify the military or vilify America. Now it's been uh, revealed that, of course, they were playing the circle game where you hold a, a circle below your belt and if one of the other uh, cadets looks at it, you get to punch him in the arm. It was a sort of a frat boy game that was being played, but you won't hear any apologies. They'll, uh, they'll apologize to the cadets, I guess, when they get around to apologizing to the Covington school kids. So that takes us to the end of this edition. I want to thank you for joining us, and I hope you stick with me all week right here on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Son, tonight we look after the North Pole while Santa delivers all the holiday goodies. Wooden ponies, dolls, Xfinity. Xfinity? It's only the awesomest internet ever. The whole family can enjoy fast, reliable internet speed and great coverage all at a great value. Plus, advanced security is included at no extra cost with Xfinity XFi and the XFi Gateway. Just log in and activate through the Xfinity app. Choose the speed that works for you. Up to gig. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary, not guaranteed. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details.